0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're so glad that you've joined us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled The Voice. In a noisy world, how do believers train themselves to tune out all the secondary voices and listen to God? In this series, we'll be learning how to listen and apply the voice of God in our daily lives. Now, here's our teaching pastor, Chad Lunsford, with this week's podcast.
1: Good morning once again. How are we doing, guys? We good? Good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm excited for today. Welcome back to The Voice. We took a break last week, of course, for Easter. And as Pastor Benji just mentioned, what an incredible, incredible week we had at Easter with all the people uh, making decisions to, uh, to receive Christ into their lives. And, you know, I want to take a second and thank uh, so, some people that were, that were, they were here uh, on Saturday. They were here on Sunday. Uh, most of you probably didn't even see. There were uh, well over 100 volunteers who helped make Easter happen. Can we thank them real quick before we go any further? You did an awesome, awesome job. We have so many volunteers. We have the... We have the best volunteers on the planet. They are just absolutely incredible. So we are back to The Voice, part four of The the Voice series. And I thought long and hard about where I wanted to go today. I asked myself a lot of questions. I was asking questions I thought maybe you would ask. About hearing God's voice, I thought I asked myself questions like, you know, what, what, what would I want to like know about in, in terms of, of hearing uh, God's voice? There was one thing that I kept coming back to. And I, what, what helped me, kind of focus me for today was the theme, right? The voice, hearing God in a noisy world. Hearing God in a noisy world. So I started thinking about all the voices that, that, are, that are coming at us on a daily basis. And I, I came to this conclusion. There is one voice. There is one voice that is louder than all the other voices in our lives, right? It, it distracts us, it detracts us from, from from hearing God, it frustrates, it confuses. If we're going to hear God today, I have, this, I, just, I have this belief that there's one voice that we're going to have to essentially tell to shut up, right? And I don't use that, that, you know, shut up in my house, like if somebody uses that, like they have to go sit and time out for a minute, right? But... I think it's, it's warranted here. So what is the loudest voice in your life that you may need to tell to shut up today? It's your own. It's your own. The number one voice that is competing with God's voice in your life is your voice. It's your Voice your thoughts can be the biggest critic, the biggest skeptic, the biggest distractor, frustrating and confusing you. And the Bible is very clear on our thoughts. It has plenty to say. And we're going to look at it today, throughout this month. I've been reading a, a chapter in Proverbs every day, going along with whatever day of of uh, the month that it is. And I came across this verse this week, and it's so clear on our thoughts. It says this: Proverbs twenty three seven. For as he as a person thinks in his heart so is he for as he thinks in his heart. So is he your thoughts, right? Are determining the kind of person that you are. We are the sum of our thoughts, right? Thoughts become words, words become decisions. Decisions become destinies. We are the sum of our thoughts. Another way to say it is this. Your loudest thoughts will navigate your life. Your loudest thoughts will navigate your life. Let me say those two things again, the scripture, for as he thinks, for as a person thinks in his heart, so is he, your loudest thoughts will navigate your life. So how is your thought life, right? From the time you wake up, maybe from the time you woke up today, what are the, what are the thoughts that have been going through your own mind? Is there a lot of fear? Is there a lot of doubt? Is there shame? Is there insufficiency? What, what is winning the day for you? We have tens of thousands of thoughts that run through our minds every single day, which is why it's the loudest voice in our lives, right? The loudest one competing with God. The average number of thoughts each day in a person's mind, I don't know if you know this or not, are 60,000. The average number, I read a lot of reports, some said 50, some said 70, some landed right on 60, well, I think 60 is probably a good middle ground. 60,000 thoughts run through our minds every day, that's a lot of thoughts, right? That's why we're tired at the end of the day, right? I wonder what percentage of those are negative. I wonder if you could guess the percentage of negative thoughts every day. It's actually 80%. Studies show that 80% of those 60,000 thoughts that run through our minds are negative thoughts. Our thoughts can propel us to achieve God's best, or they can prevent us from ever even stepping into the opportunities that God orchestrates on our behalf. Thoughts can set us on a divine course or they can sabotage us before we even begin. I don't know if you've thought about it like this before, but from the moment your alarm goes off in the morning, right? From the moment your alarm goes off, there is a soundtrack that's happening in your mind. There's a soundtrack, right? I'm not just talking about that, 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 that noise that goes on until you hit the snooze button, right? Right? There's a soundtrack that's going off in our minds. Maybe if you had planned to exercise, maybe you have this battle in your mind. I have it all the time, right? The, the, the alarm goes off and I think to myself, I should get up and run this morning. Well, why would I, I want to do that when I could just, it's like cold out there and it's nice and warm in here. Why would I go run? And, and, you know, I'm sore from the other day. And, you know what, my body probably needs more than anything is just to rest for a little while longer, right? <laughs> like, all of a sudden our thoughts are just like taking us Down. Maybe if you plan to read the Bible when you got up, you're 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 waking up and you're like, you know what, like I really don't get it anyway, and I missed yesterday, so like, well, what's the use, right? Like I'm just I'm never going to get this, you know. Or maybe if you were thinking about planning your day, getting up and planning for your day, you might think, well, man, I've got a lot to do today, like. I'm never going to get ahead, right? Like, I'm way in over my head. Like, what's the use in planning, right? Like, our thoughts can attack us so quickly. Or maybe you woke up, you know, one day this week, and you thought, you know, my family's had a rough week. I should get up and fix them a nice breakfast, right? That would be a nice thing to get everybody's day going, to get the week back going. And then you have this thought, maybe the reason they're having a rough week is because I've had a rough week, and I've been dictating the climate. Man, I'm a terrible parent, right? Like, our thoughts... They they go downwards so quickly. You might start thinking about that meeting or that person or that awkward situation or this stinking job for another day, right? Like our thoughts, they attack us so quickly. What soundtrack is playing in your mind today? Are your thoughts taking you where you want to go? Are they leading you towards God or are they simply clogging up the channels? Where are your thoughts going? What soundtrack is playing in your mind Music, talking about soundtracks, music is incredibly important to me. I listen to music all day, every day. I have music going all the time. And I've noticed that I don't do this necessarily on purpose, but I, I will pick a song or a soundtrack to sort of navigate where I want to go for the next part of my day. I don't know if you ever do this. You, you, you might pick a song. I've noticed this. I do this a lot with my kids. Like Parents, like if you're in the car right, and you have multiple kids like I do, the soundtrack, the volume can get really loud. Is anybody with me? Right. Like, like I've got a toddler and, and toddlers, you just never know what they're going to do. Right. Like they could be laughing, having a good time or they could be screaming and crying and they're hungry or whatever's going on. And at the same time, my two girls start, can start fighting. Right. They're bickering and arguing and they sit you know, one sits in front of the other and they'll start kind of picking on each other. And the volume in the car can get really, really, really loud right so if that happens i've noticed i will come over and i will grab my phone i've got my phone with me here today i will grab my phone i will connect it to the stereo system on our car and i've learned how to switch the atmosphere in my car if you will i learned how to replace the soundtrack i will start playing a song like this oh it's not playing there it goes yeah anybody else it's not connecting all right let's try it again there we go Anybody else playing this song in their soundtracks today? This is, this is a big one for, uh, for me. Try it, right? If your kids are arguing, if you're bickering, if you're having a bad day, try that song. Happy. It's a great song. If my kids are being kind of loud and I just kind of want them to sing quietly, I'm guessing that this one is some people's soundtrack as well. Let me try this next one. Anybody? I build a snowman. Yeah? Come on, let's go This play. is a good one for me. My kids will sing this I one nonstop. Never see you anymore. Come out the door. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. Some of you want me just to I keep playing to it, don't you? Buddies. Some of come you, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I better take it down. We'll, we'll, we'll be there all day. Now there's times I'll come home. I'll come home. Dads maybe you can relate. Moms, whoever is the last one in the door, right? I'll come home. And, like, whenever you're getting off working, you've had a bad day, and you come home, and, like, Everyone in the house has had a bad day, too. Like, it's just bad. Like, like, you're fixing dinner, right? You're trying to get some food on the table. And, like, again, the volume, the, the, the climate, it's just, it's just a terrible climate, right? Like, when kids are hungry, like, when parents are hungry, like, everyone's kind of grouchy. So here's what I will, I will often do this. I do it quite a bit. I even do this for my life group. When my life group will come over to our house, I don't know what soundtracks has been playing in their mind throughout the day. So I will play something like this just to try to change the climate. John Coltrane, Duke Ellington, anybody, any fans? I'll play some jazz music just to kind of change the climate. I've noticed I like this one better than everybody else in my house, so maybe it's just for me. I don't know. But if 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 some John Coltrane and Duke Ellington doesn't work, this one always works, right? Now this you're gonna you think you might think differently of your pastor today, right? But this one always Always works, never fails. Whatever the climate is in my house, in my car, there was one time, I think we were on a, like a 12-hour trip. I think we listened to this for like 11 hours. I'm, you're going to have some sympathy for me in a second, right? Because for whatever reason, my toddler loves this song, but all three of my kids, they will get up, and wherever they are at, they will dance to this. So, uh, I uh, don't, if you're young young old. know. It works. It, it works. The, I'm not going to dance. Right I'm not going to dance some of you are wanting it. I know I, I want to dance too. I'll be honest. I do. I do. Now, if I've been, if I, if I'm on my way home, right? Cause like, let's just be honest. There are times I'm on my way home and I'm just grouchy, right? Like I've just, I've had a bad day, a bad conversation, a bad meeting, just a long day, whatever it is. If I'm just sort of kicking myself when I'm on the way home and I'm, I'm like, if I'm going to go into the house and change whatever atmosphere I'm stepping into, I'll, I'll pick myself a soundtrack. This one has been on my iTunes playlist of late. I'll well, put my you shades can tell on. Everybody. Yeah. This yeah. is the yeah. tell everybody. It's best. I'm the man. Yeah, I'm the man. I'm the man. That's right. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So if nobody in my house is going to tell me that, I'll tell myself. A little uh, a little aloe black action all right i don 't know if you think more of me if you think less of me, but that's that's that 's what 's going on in my in my house, in my mind throughout the day i 'm replacing the soundtrack i 'm replacing the soundtrack. I wonder what soundtracks are going off in your mind today what soundtracks are are playing through your mind during the week, what i 've discovered in years of studying the Bible and, and preaching and listening to sermons, the Old Testament and the New Testament, but especially Old Testament people, are a, a lot like us right They deal with the same junk, the same insecurities, the same fears, the same doubts they they, they go through all the range of emotions that we do they, they battle with the same stuff but i i 've come to learn there 's a way out of this cycle we don 't we don't have to keep we 're just replaying the same soundtrack every day to have eighty percent that 's crazy isn 't it? 80% of our thoughts to be negative thoughts that bring us down. So I want to just do a quick journey, a very quick journey of the Old Testament, and some of the, the spots along the way that I think you're going to be like, that's me, I, I do that, that's just like me. Those are the thoughts that are running through my head. I just want to do a quick, a quick journey. And it begins in the garden, believe it or not, it all the way back in Genesis chapters 2 and 3. This negative soundtrack that we play in our own minds, it begins. It begins. God sets up the garden for for mankind, for Adam and Eve. And he says, I want you to enjoy this garden. And I'm actually going to come and I'm going to enjoy this garden with you. I created you to enjoy you for us to do life together. Right? He he tells Adam and Eve to to eat and enjoy everything. just, Just the one tree. Right? And then it says the serpent comes and the serpent adds another voice into the mix. And the serpent says, you're not going to die if you eat this. God, God God just didn't want you to become like him, right? There's another voice that's competing. And so they, of course, they eat the fruit. After they eat the fruit in the garden, it says that they heard God walking in the garden. And what do they do? They go and hide. God's coming to commune with them, and they run, and they hide. And God calls out to them, and here's how the man answered. He, the man, answered, Genesis 3, verse 10, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he, God, says back, who told you you were naked? There's one response from the man, I heard you, and I went, and I hid. And then God comes and says, who who told you there was something wrong with you? Who told you that you needed to run and and hide and be ashamed? Who told you that you have shortcomings? Who who told you that something about you is wrong? Who told you that you're anything other than perfect just the way I made you? Why are you running and hiding? We often run and hide from God, don't we? Maybe you've done something in your life and it's actually caused you to stay out of the church for days, weeks, months, maybe even years. Maybe it's caused you to to, to not show up at life group one week, right? Like you know what you've done or you know what's going on in, in your life. And so you just don't want to show up at church. You don't want to show up at life group. Our shame, our past, our failures are just what we think about ourselves can keep us locked at bay, keep us from being all in. And I wonder if you could hear God saying to you today, who told you that you're not good enough? Who told you you're not intelligent enough? Who told you you're not attractive enough? Who told you that the track that your career on is not good enough? Who told you these lies? Because God says, they never came for me. They never came for me. Adam and Eve say, we were ashamed, right? We, We went and hid. We had to get away from you, God. And God simply says, I made you. I made you. We want to hide from God, and yet he pursues relationship. I wonder which soundtrack you're listening to. Yours or God's? It continues on in Exodus chapter 3, in the, the, the next book of the Bible God comes to speak to Moses. He speaks to him. Many of you probably know this in the form of a burning bush. And he's telling Moses, I've heard your cries. I've heard the cries of your people. I want to come and free you and free your people. And in fact, Moses, I'm going to use you. You're going to be the leader. You're going to spearhead this whole thing. I'm going to change the entire trajectory of your nation based on you. That's chapter 3 of Exodus. Chapter 4 begins with Moses saying, what if they don't believe me? God says, I chose you. I choose you. Then Moses says, well, what if they don't believe me? Then he looks at Moses. He says, what's that in your hand? And Moses says, it's a stick. It's my staff. And he says, throw it down. And he throws it down. and It turns into a snake, if you've ever read this. It's a great story. And when it turns into a snake, do you know what Moses does? He runs. <laughs> and God says, no, no, pick up the stick. And he picks up the stick and it, or pick up the snake. It turns back into a stick. And then because that didn't work, Moses comes up with another excuse. He says, God, well, I can't speak. I'm not eloquent with my speech. You need to get somebody else. And God says, well, you can get your brother Aaron. He can speak for you. And Moses is starting to run out of excuses. Right? He just, he's throwing excuse after excuse out at God. And God keeps coming back. And then Moses just simply says this. Maybe you felt like this with God before. Exodus chapter 4, verse 13. But Moses said, after he's run out of all the excuses, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. He's out of excuses. Please send someone else. In other words, Moses is simply saying to God, I'm doubtful. Now, he's not doubting God, right? He's doubting that God can do his work through Moses, right? God, you can do your work. You can probably even go and do it through somebody else. Go pick some other leader. Go pick someone who was born for this because I'm not. Maybe you felt that way. Like, God, you can't, you can't use me to do that in my family. You can't use me to do that in my job. You can't use me to do that in my church or my city. God, go pick someone else. And, says, and God says, who told you that you weren't good enough, right? Who, who told you this? You see, when we say to God, I'm doubtful, God says, I choose you. I see what you can't see. Isn't it amazing when God chooses us, we ask him to choose someone else. We send him away. We see our shortcomings, and God sees our potential. I wonder what soundtrack you're listening to. Yours or God's? Because your voice, your thoughts are so loud. Now, eventually, eventually, Moses allows himself to be used by God, right? He reluctantly goes, and God delivers the people right after the plagues, and they, they walk across the sea on dry land. God does this amazing thing, and he's about to move them into the promised land. Pastor Benji touched on this in, in a week one of, the, of this voice series. And they're, they're marching up to the promised land. God says, there's going to be a battle. There's going to be a war. But I promise you, you will win. Just show up for the battle. I promise you, you're going to win. So Moses sends him some, some spies, right? The spies are just there to, to, to get ready for the battle. And the spies come back freaked out, right? Twelve go. Ten come back, and they're like, never mind, we can't do this, right? Yes, the land's just as God said it was going to be, but we can't do this. Two, of course, Joshua and Caleb say, we can do it, right? God's promised us. We, We can do it. But here's what the ten did. Numbers chapter 13, verse 32, it says, And they, the ten spies, spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. Have you ever seen this before? Like there's that one person in the room that sort of turns everybody else's opinions, right? And then one person becomes two people, then four people, then all of a sudden there's like eight people. and They're like, never mind, it's a bad idea, right? All of a sudden, it went from being a great idea to a terrible idea. This happens in our minds all the time, right? right? We'll spread this bad report to ourselves and it just piles up and we're like, yep, never mind, it was a bad idea. I'm going to stay in bed and not go running, right? Like we'll do that so fast, even in our own minds. God can't do that. Through me, God can't do great things in me. My past is too sinful. I'm not smart enough. There's many more suitable for this. Whatever it might be, right? This is the reason, this is the, the reason that the Israelites roam in the desert for 40 years, right? Because this bad report was spread and they all believed it. Hook, line, and sinker. Verse 33, I want to catch this. Verse 33, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. In other words, they're too big, they're too strong. We look like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. There's something so important about this verse. Whose eyes did they look small in first? Their own, right? When they looked and they they spied and they saw the land, they're like, we look like grasshoppers first to ourselves, and then we look like that to them as well. We can't go into this battle. We are far outmatched. We look like grass, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. We look the same to them. I wonder how many great things for God we never even attempt because of fear. I wonder how many times the, there's things God wants to do in us for our families, for our work, for our church, for our city, whatever it might be, and we never even attempt them. We never even get out of the bed, as it were, because of fear, because we're listening to the wrong soundtrack. See, the spy said, we are f- fearful, and yet God said, I promise you. We are fearful, and God said, I promise you. They were listening to the wrong soundtrack. Have you ever seen, maybe you've been at a, a pool, and there's a, there's a deep end, right? And there's a parent that's in the water, and they're reaching their hands up to a kid, right? And there's a kid standing on the edge, and they, they can't, like, muster up the courage to jump in. And the parent's like, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. Like, I'll catch you, just, just jump in. And then the, the kid's like... Like, right, and they might even do like one, two, three, and nothing happens, right? (laughs) There's a soundtrack that's going on. There's a parent that's saying, I promise, I promise, I promise I'll catch you. And to the parent, it seems so small, right? Like, I'm in the water, I'm swimming, it's all gonna be good, right? I'm bigger than you, I'll catch you, it's it's gonna be great. And then all the kid is hearing, I'm fearful, I'm fearful, I'm fearful, I can't do it, I'm fearful, right? And it's not so much that they're doubting the parent, they're doubting themselves. They just can't jump off the edge, right? And if they jump, they finally decide to listen to the soundtrack of their parents. But if they don't, and I've seen that before too, right? Where they're just like, not today, (laughs) right? They listen to their own soundtrack. I wonder which soundtrack we're listening to in our lives. There's one more Old Testament figure I want to look at real quickly. Pastor Benji touched on this one as well early early in the series. It's Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, it's one of, one of the, the best passages about how God feels about us, God's love for us, God's favor, God, that, that God is for us. It's one of the best passages about how God feels about humanity. But I want, to, I want, you, I want to, all of us to catch what it is that Jeremiah says back to God. Let me, let me read what God says to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Isn't that great? We, we, maybe if, you, if you've been to church, you've said that about yourself before I was born. God set me apart. We've used this on ourselves, on our children, on our friends, our family. He goes on, I appoint you as a prophet to the nations. It, it's one of the most inspiring, uplifting, encouraging passages in the whole Bible, right? Maybe you've read it and you're like, I'm ready. I can conquer the world. I'm ready to do it. God knows me. God loves me. God has great things for me. But catch what Jeremiah said right after God says this to him. Alas, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. Completely different soundtrack, right? God says, I know you, I formed you, I created you, and I have great things for you. And Jeremiah responds, I can't speak. Sounds a lot like Moses, right? Not only that, God, you picked the wrong person. I'm too young. No one will listen to me. What soundtrack is he listening to? You see, the soundtrack you choose to hear, the soundtrack you choose to believe will determine your future. The soundtrack you hear, the soundtrack you choose to believe will determine your future. Why? Because your loudest thoughts navigate your life, right? What would the proverb say? As he thinks in his heart, so is he. What soundtrack is winning the day in your mind? Jeremiah says to God, I am insufficient, and yet God says to him, I have a plan for you. You see, when we tell God that we're insufficient to carry out his plan, we're telling God you made a mistake. Right? Have you ever thought about it like that? Like God says, I choose you. I have something for you, right? Maybe you've been in worship and you're like, you felt like God was challenging you to do something, and then you say back to God, but God, I can't do that because we're saying to God, you made a mistake. Right? like This plan you have isn't going to work because I'm a part of that plan. We hear so many of our own voices and we, we put them up against God. We believe and we recycle these lies. Right? But here's the deal. We must choose to hear a new voice. We must choose to hear a new voice. Paul, throughout the New Testament, he, he will instruct us and encourage us on how to do this. One of my favorite passages in the Old Testament is Romans uh, chapter twelve, verses one and two, and I want to read the end of the passage first. I want to read the end of the passage first, and then we're going to come back and read the the, the, the first and second parts of it. Romans chapter twelve, verse two, and the second part it, it says this: Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let me read that one more time. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to know what comes before that, right? It seems like it would sum up this whole voice series really, really well. Like, whatever comes before that, because the the, the second part is, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. You'll know how to hear and respond to God's voice. So let's hop into it. There's two things. The first one is this. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. The first part, it seems so simple. I'm only going to spend a minute on it, but we could spend weeks on this one. Let me put it as simply as I can. Give yourself to God. Give yourself to God. If you want to be able to know and discern, test, and approve God's will, you have to first give yourself to God. There is no shortcut around this, right? There's no way that you can skirt this. You just have to simply give yourself to God. You have to pursue him diligently. You have to daily, consistently, regularly give yourself away to God and say, God, I am all yours. There's no way around this. You see, you have to be about God's ways first before he's ever going to reveal his will to you. We have to be about God's ways before we can seek his will. That's part of what what Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 is saying here. You want to be able to test and approve? Give yourself to God. There's no way around it. Give yourself to God. Here's the second part. Chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. Let me read that first part again. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, transform your thinking. Transform your thinking. If 80% of your 60,000 thoughts are negative, you're going to have to completely renew, completely transform your thinking, right? Renewed, regenerated, recreated. No longer think like you used to, right? This is a major undertaking transform your thinking it's like going to a foreign country if you've ever gone to a foreign country all of a sudden everything is different right the language is different the 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 signs are different the way people drive are different the way the side of the road people drive on might be different right like everything is different paul's saying you have to transform the way you think not only that you have to transform the things that you think on transform your thinking That's the, the first part. I want to I unlock this just a little bit. And this is where we're going to land today. Two things I think Paul would say to us, and when he's talking about transforming our thinking, he says it in, 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 other, in other books. The first thing is this. Paul would challenge us to own your thoughts, don't let them own you. Own your thoughts, don't let them own you. You might be sitting around thinking one day after church, like, why am I thinking about these things? Like, why, why is my mind going this direction? I might be thinking about doubt and fear. I might be thinking about lust or, or greed or shame, whatever it might be, right? You own your thinking, don't let your thinking own you. And the scriptures say, right? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God lives in us, we can do this, right? He, we, can, we can do this. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians, For though we live in the world, we do not wage world as the, wo- as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You might be have, having things you're thinking about today and you just need them demolished. right? Like You need them blown up. And Paul says we can do this. We can demolish those strongholds in our lives. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and catch this. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Whatever thoughts are coming in, if they're not the thoughts of God, we can actually take them captive and say, no, 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 you're going to listen to what God has to say. Like God says, right, that, 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 that I'm good enough. God says that he loves me. God says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm new in Christ. I can do all things through him who gives me strength, right? It says, take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. If the things that you're thinking about are not the things that you want to be thinking about, the things that God would have you to be thinking about, take them captive and make them obedient to Christ. I've actually said to myself before, right? I've been standing in a worship service here in New Hope Church, and I've said to myself, fear and doubt, you have no place here, leave, right? Right? Like, there were just things that were just creeping in, and I just—I was just like, "That's not what God is saying to me." And I just—I take him captive, and I make him obedient to Christ. Take him captive and make him obedient to Christ. In other words, own your thoughts; don't let them own you. We can demolish every stronghold that comes up against this. That's the first part. Own your thoughts; don't let them own you. Here's the second. This is what we're going to land on. Replace the soundtrack. Replace the soundtrack. As thoughts are coming into your life as, as maybe it's a, a boss, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's your own thoughts. You need to replace the soundtrack. Replace the soundtrack. Philippians 4, it says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, this is Paul talking. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He's talking about replacing the soundtrack. There will be fear and doubt, lust, greed, shame coming up in your mind. And Paul's saying, stop thinking about those things. He, he goes, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put these into practice and then catch this. I need this in my life. And the God of peace will be with you. I don't think anybody else out there needs it, but I need God's peace in my life. I I need to hear him. There's so many thoughts and they can just pile on. And by the end of the day, maybe it's even by noon, you feel so anxious, right? There's just so many things that are just piling on, right? The fear and the doubt, the shame, the confusion, the frustration. It's just piling on. That's not God's will for you. Paul would say, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think on those things, take your thoughts captive make them obedient to Christ replace the soundtrack replace the soundtrack now I was having fun with you earlier when I was playing on the man the other black song but can I can I can I tell you like what I what I often put into my soundtrack like literally like when I'm driving home or I'm around or I'm in my office, whatever it might be, I'm, just, I'm having a, a bad day or I just need to be reminded of the promises of God. Maybe I'm taking a risk and, and it, it, there's a lot of fear involved in the risk. Can I, there's a song that we sing around here, a lot here at, at New Hope Church. and Let me get to it here. It's a song called One Thing Remains. And I'll just, I'll just let the chorus just ring over me, over and over and over again. Listen to this. Your love never fails. It never gives up on me. I just let it play over me. I'm replacing the soundtrack that's in my mind with the things that are coming up against me. I'm replacing the soundtrack. What would it look like for you to replace the soundtrack in your life? I wonder, Pastor Benji talked about this a few weeks ago about putting the Bible app on your phone, right? So the first thing you're hearing when you, when, or the first thing you read when you get up is the, the Bible. You're hearing what the Bible says about you, right? If you have a smartphone and probably like almost everyone in the room does, right? Like put, put the Bible app on there and the first thing you read when you get up in the morning is your Bible. Or just set your Bible by your bed so it's the first thing you read when you get up, right? Are, are there worship songs you're listening to on your way to work? Are there, are there worship songs you have playing in your house whenever your kids are, are waking up? You're replacing the soundtrack right? Maybe it's a sermon that you're listening to and from work, or you get up early before everyone else in the house gets up so you can, you can be encouraged. And so you listen to a sermon. Are you going to life group, right? So the people in your group can be encouraging you and giving you the, the, the right voices, the right soundtrack that you need in your life. Are you replacing the soundtrack? Now, there's one song, we actually sang it today. There's one song that I've just been singing incessantly. So I talked with a band this week, and I was like, we have to sing this song this week. We have to sing it. I want to sing it over myself. I want to sing it over the church, right? If we're going to seek God's voice to hear his voice above all others, this is the song that I just keep singing over and over, right? If you're seeking and striving for God, this is the voice, I, this is the song I would encourage you to have playing, the soundtrack in your life. Lord, I, need you. oh, I, need I don't know any way to hear God's voice, other than just to, just to seek it, just to cry out to him, sing, sing songs like this, like, God, I need you, right, there's no way around it, there's no way to shortcut it, right, just crying out to God, Lord, I need you, I want to invite us to stand, what soundtrack is playing in your mind today? What voice is winning the day for you? Let's pray together. Father God as we As we sing here in a moment God as we pray God I I hope that all of us would just cry out to you that we would believe that there's no shortcuts, there's no way around this. We just have to seek you with everything we've got. And God, I pray that in seeking you and, and striving to hear your voice above all the others, that we would hear you sing over us how much you love us, how much you're for us. We would hear the promises that you spoke to to all the Old Testament heroes, to... Adam and Eve, I made you. To Moses, I choose you. To the spies, I promise you. To Jeremiah, I have a plan for you. God, we need to hear what it is you say about us and not everything and everyone around us and certainly not the negative thoughts that we allow to creep in. God, we want to hear your voice. Today, this week, on the road ahead, Lord, we need you. And God, as we cry out to you, as we lift our voices, maybe we'll even lift our hands to you. God, will we just believe? God, will we teach our thoughts, make them obedient to you? God, as we do that, would you just strengthen us? And we would just turn those percentages on their head. God, 80% of our thoughts wouldn't be negative. God, they would be positive. They're focusing us on you. God, speak to us today. It's your name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.NewHopeNC.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.